Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. Michael and I are ready to lay out the final week of January. So we're going to wrap up this first month by finishing off our one rep maxes. We're going to find that one rep max deadlift and some other stuff. Make sure you scroll down and take a look at the episode notes so you can see all the workouts because we're just going to breeze over them quickly and then we'll go back and pull out some highlights that we want you guys to put more intention and focus into. So the week begins with? Um, we're going to begin with our one rep max deadlift. On Monday, that's what we're going to start with. Uh, we start off like that because we want you guys fresh. We want you guys to try to hit a solid one rep. Okay, so we're starting off there and then we're going to move in. Following that, we're going to do a short little workout, five minute time frame. Um, so two opposites, a really quick and explosive heavy lift, and then a really short and fast body weight workout. And then we're going to move on to Tuesday where we'll be doing. Um, a little bit of a longer workout compared to the one yesterday, and it is going to be, um, it is a three-minute window, and you guys are going to do as many reps as you can of a movement, rest two minutes, and we're going to repeat that four times. Um, so it's going to be a little bit of a sprint style. However, the movements are all going to be different. So you guys are going to have uh, a little bit of freshness going from one movement into the next and be able to perform at a pretty high intensity for each one. Got to get that freshness. Then on Wednesday... Uh, we've got a seven-round wad going through three different movements, some jumping, some sumo delf high pulls, and some push-ups, so some relatively simple stuff that you should be able to have good high intensity on. Thursday, we're going to slow things down and pace them out. We're doing something that we're going to test again. Uh, it's a 5K ski or bike. Michael, do you think we should open that up to be a row as well if people want to do a 5K row? No. Just ski or bike? I think ski or bike because we all rode more, right? And I think the comfort zone on a ski or bike is something that you're only going to get if yep. you, you spend do time on it. Yeah. So we get to test one of those two, and then we will come back and revisit that at some point in the not-too-distant future. Um, we'll, we'll be doing some intervals on those machines, well, just like we did last week, right? Those 250 intervals, uh, it's a good way to build understanding of how fast you can go and how hard you can maintain a pace for how long on those machines. Then on Friday, um, some Fran style workout. Well, actually, a, a Fran down and then a Fran back up style workout where we go 21, 15, 9, and then 9, 15, and 21. And we're rowing and doing some overhead pressing. Oh, good. So, yeah, we shouldn't row on Thursday because nope. we're rowing on Friday. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, a little, basically, it's a Fran style workout and then a little bit of rest hopefully, because uh, we should be able to finish it in less than 10 minutes, and then at 10 minutes, we start the work back out, where we go up in number rather than down. Then lastly, Saturday, uh, Fight Gone Worser. Totally made up the name, but it is Fight Gone Bad, uh, except for we're expanding it. We're going five rounds, so it's the championship style Fight Gone Bad, five rounds of one minute at each station, and we're doing different stations. We're not doing traditional Fight Gone Bad stations. Uh, so some other movements are in there, but all the stuff that we're going to be doing is totally doable. It is doable for you and for your friends. So if you've got somebody who's interested in CrossFit, bring them in 
and give them a taste of what we do in the gym. It's not a partner workout, so you will be working on your own, uh, but you're all gonna work quite hard because you've got, what, five times five is 25 actual minutes of work, and then five minutes, well, four minutes of rest thrown in it just to give you a little bit of reset time before you begin the following round. Absolutely, I like it. Um, so let's go back to Monday for that deadlift. Um, we're gonna be following a structure that we used a week before you guys are gonna be hearing this one. It is going to be um, two sets of five reps, three sets of three reps, and then five sets of one rep. And this yeah. is a great... Well, it's well, actually slightly different than what we used, because okay. two by five, we used one by five for the front squats oh, okay, right, this right. week. But we'll leave another set in there, and the reason being, I want you to really loosen up with the lighter weights and make sure that your technique is, is well established, that so you've got your back uh, flattened out and, and everything's engaged around your core. And also that gives you another another one of those windows where you have the opportunity to do some mobility while you're resting before your next set. Um, again, we, we keep hammering on that. We encourage you guys to work on opening up position and opening up potential so that you can lift the heavy weights more effectively and more safely. Right, so don't just hang out between the lifts. Don't just talk to your friends. It's good to have friends, but we're in here to get fitter, and you guys are paying us to help you get fitter, so please take our advice and work on some mobility, ask your coaches what you can do, take a look at what's gonna make you a little bit better for the next set of deadlifts as we go heavier in weight. Absolutely, yeah. Um, our next uh, piece after that's gonna be our quick little workout. Um, it's just going to be simple. It's gonna be back and forth. You guys are gonna have five minutes to get as many rounds as possible of um, seven toes to bar and 31 double unders. So for the seven toes to bar, my suggestion on this workout really is going to be, uh, I mean, try to go unbroken. I'd say if you don't have double unders, what kind of, what do we want to restrain that window We're to? We're going to do 30 seconds of singles. Uh, or if you can do some double unders, then you've got a 30 second window. But if you, if you, if some double unders for you is a lot of flailing and failing, this is one of those workouts where I would just go right to the single because five minutes is a very short window and we want to keep the intensity high all the way through it. So if double unders are just going to be a whole bunch of you smacking yourself, then maybe you should consider dropping back to a single for the day and just moving that rope quickly and efficiently and getting a lot of work done and having your heart rate stay high for the full five. I like it. I like it. Um, on to Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, we talked about it, I talked about it a little bit in the beginning. Uh, it is going to be three minutes, and you guys are going to do a max total weight ground to shoulder. That's going to be our first window. The other windows are things that you guys will know pretty well, but this is the one we kind of want to zoom in on a little bit. It is going to be max total weight, so you guys have the option here. You guys can choose, for example, if Phil and I are both doing this workout, I could choose to do a power clean with 95 pounds, and he could choose to do a full clean with 275. Um, if I hit 10 lifts at 95 pounds, that would put me at 950 pounds. If he hit 10 lifts at 275, that would put him at 2,750, right? So there's a little bit of a strategy in this one for you guys. You wanna pick a weight that allows you to move a lot of reps, and it's not so heavy that you do less reps, but a weight that's not so light that you can't get enough weight in the total amount of time, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a lot like the, it's a lot like the damper on a biker. Mm -hmm. You don't wanna crank it all the way up to 10 and then be pushing 30 revolutions, 30 RPMs per minute. Yep. It's much more efficient 
to stay between 70 and 90 RPM. So you probably need to pull that damper back to four, maybe five, right? So you can keep your legs turning. So the same thing goes here. Yes, going heavy means you moved a lot with that one effort, but how many of those efforts do you realistically have? I think you want to pick a weight that's probably around, well, I think the golden zone is something around 40% of your one rep max on a power clean. What do you think? No. Uh, let me do the math real quick. So for me, 40% of my one rep max on a power clean uh, is a weight that I'll be able to cycle quick reps, take very small rests, and basically just keep going back to it relentlessly for those for those three minutes. Yeah, I would say I'm going to go more towards the 30% range. You want to be lighter? I want to be lighter. Uh, 40%, uh, it looks like I absolutely can touch and go and rip through some reps. Mm-hmm. Um, however, certain, at a certain point, ripping through reps, you're going to get a ridiculous amount done in 30 seconds, and then you're just going to hit a nasty wall. I'm kind of imagining it like a grace wall where you can do – grace is one of those workouts where you can barely get through it, and once you do, I mean – your last clean and jerk was your last clean and jerk for most people. Well, if you if you push if, the effort out, especially right? if you're going, especially imagine if you're going touch and go. So I imagine this one's kind of like that. I don't want to peak myself, you know, a minute in, a minute and a half in. Mm-hmm. I want to pick a weight where three minutes is the absolute. I mean, when I hit the end of three minutes, I'm like, okay, that's as many power cleans as I could have done. Yeah. So well, I think where we're looking at it slightly differently is I think you're thinking about moving it more continuously whereas I'm looking at little blocks Mm -hmm. I'm thinking quick sets of five with next to no rest but just those three or five seconds of that bar being on the ground and me being able to shake out my arms is enough to then be able to go and repeat that quick set of five I'm thinking a bunch of little bites rather than trying to trying to shove the whole pie in my face in one big go I'm going for the whole pie you're going for the whole pie so what weight are you going to use I think 135 makes good sense for me that's right around 40% of my one rep on a power clean so I don't think we're that far off if you're talking about 30% I'm talking about 40% we've got a nice little range there I don't think it makes sense to go much lighter than 30% and I don't think it makes sense to go much heavier than 40 or at most 45% because if you remember power through the burpees that workout you end up doing more and more power cleans, right, each minute. Yep. And those become devastating. And I think that was at 45% of our one rep max. I would say, I remember remember the weight I used on that one. Um, I think I'm going to go more towards the 95, maybe 105-pound range. Maybe if I'm feeling spicy that day, I'll go 115, but I'm definitely not touching the 135. So we'll have to check back in and see who lifted more weight. Who moves more weight. Um. We're going to rest two minutes after we do that, and then we're going to do a couple more movements. We're going to do some wall ball shots. We yep. are going to do... Um, so three minutes of max... I think we should talk about all of them. Okay. You want to talk about all? So three minutes of maxed out or maxed out doing wall ball shots. For some people, that's an opportunity to go unbroken, right? We did a power clean, so we didn't, we didn't tax our shoulders tremendously on the first movement, ideally. If you're doing a good power clean, it shouldn't be that much uh, to beat up your shoulders. So now we go into the wall ball shots where, yes, your legs work, but also your shoulders get fried. Three minutes is is enough of a window that it hurts really bad, but short enough of a window that you can pick the ball back up quickly. Most people are taking breaks, aren't they? Unbroken, I mean, that's 90-something reps. So, yeah, I'd say most people that's are That's 100 gonna, reps, yeah. If you, if you go, like if, Well, if you take that, we talked about the Karen pace and whatnot. Yes, we did. If you go 
unbroken and move effectively, then you're looking at right around 100 reps in three minutes if you do not stop moving and do not have any hiccups. You're looking at exactly, because I came in at 4.30. Pretty much. So that's exactly 100 reps in three minutes. Right. Yep. So we're probably not looking at that for most people. I think most people we should try to get over 60. Yeah. I think that's a reasonable place to push people to go. Agreed. You got to keep your breaks small. It's totally okay to do 10 or 5 reps at a time, but you cannot take 20 seconds of rest. You only did 15 seconds of work. You got to get back on your ball within a couple seconds so you can start over again. Right? The the issue becomes rest management, right? Yes, you probably need a break. No, it doesn't need to be that long. Get back to work. Yeah, agreed. Um rest 2 minutes. Move on. Next one's going to be a max handstand walk. Um, this one's going to be a little different. Yeah. You can't just keep going. Yeah. You actually need to take more deliberate rest. You need to let your body reset and shake out your arms and catch your breath a little bit because the handstand walk is so demanding and difficult and complex. Yeah. And what, what do we want to put as far as like a, a length constraint? I mean, I'm going to assume we'll probably do, Uh, either a 25 or a 50 foot course. I'm I'm just well, my gym space is a little bit less okay. lengthy. Yeah. I'm just going to put out a 25 foot course. That's been the standard in the open. True. And and I don't see a reason to change that. I think 25 feet, well, at least for everybody who I'm working with. No, never mind. We've got some gymnasts, but they'll just come down really fast and kick right back up and it won't be a big deal. Yeah. Right? And if uh if, if handstand if they want to stay on their hands and change direction, yeah, more power cool. to them, but that's uh, not me. If handstand walking, if that's something you guys don't have yet, we're going to do a bear crawl for the scale. Um, but don't be fooled. I think that's going to be... That's going to be worse. In some ways, I think that's going to be... Because you don't need to take a break. Yeah. You can bear crawl for a lot longer than you'd be able to handstand walk. As well as bear crawling, it's easier to find your breath mm-hmm. just than it is handstand walking. And I think that actually might be a little more taxing. So, It's going to... It's going to be devastating in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. The bear crawl, don't discount it. It's it's going to be a really tough workout with that. So if you don't quite have the skill and uh, and and control yet to be able to walk on your hands, then bear crawl and bear crawl hard and keep moving and do what you can in those three minutes. You think for the bear crawl, anyone can get 300 feet? That's 100 a minute? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, 100 a minute's not that crazy far. Um, I mean, I don't think a lot of people will because it's just mentally taxing, but also I think most of the people who would go more aggressively with the bear crawl are probably those people who are actually looking at handstand walking. True. So I don't know. I don't know. But I think 300 feet is doable. I think more is doable. Um, Yeah, if you really want to go deep. I like it. We got one more. This one, everybody can do a lot of reps, no excuses, and no rest. It's burpees. Burpees over your barbell. Are we doing that laterally, John Michael? Um, yeah. Yep. I'd say yeah. We'll keep it lateral, try Make to move it a little, it a little quicker, bit quicker. Yeah. Um, three minutes of just burpees. So my encouragement there, <laughs> because it's just a burpee, don't start too fast. If you sprint your first 10 reps, then by the time you hit a minute and 30, you're gonna start to crack pretty good. You've already done nine minutes of of high intensity work building up to that point. So don't sprint the beginning, get a nice smooth pace going for the first minute and then see if you can go faster as you go through more time, right? You should be sprinting through the finish, not hobbling through the finish. I like it. 
I like it. That one's going to be a nasty day. I'm excited. I think it's going to be a good test for you guys to just um, see what you can do. It's some fun movements. You guys get to play around with it a little bit. It's a little bit of strategy in the beginning. You guys get to pick what you want to do. So I think that's going to be a little different, a different perspective, and a, a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a fun day. I think you can choose to have a bad attitude about it and and not enjoy it. But I think if you if you look at it the right way, it's a blast. It's Absolutely. it's four windows to really slam against your own limitations and and find out where they are yeah just gonna send it um thursday thursday's our next uh day where we are gonna kind of zoom in on something and it is going to be as phil said a 5k ski or a 10k bike um we didn't open it up to the row just because a lot of people have rode and we're 5K. rowing the next day yeah rowing the next day so 5k ski or 10k bike um i would suggest people to do Honestly, whichever one... Do what you don't want to do. Yeah, whichever one you don't really <laughs> want to get on. Yeah. I would say this. I will say this one thing. I have biked a decent amount, and the hardest part about the bike sometimes is just like the feeling of you sitting on that dang seat. Um, so if you do do the 10K bike, just be prepared to sit on a seat for 20, 25 minutes. With both of those, you're going to get very localized fatigue issues. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, sitting on the saddle is uncomfortable. Yes, your triceps are fried from skiing for that long. Yeah, dude. The reality is there might be something you can do different with your technique. And as you get into a longer duration effort, maybe the window opens up and shows you the need to change position. Right? The the biggest breakthroughs I've had on a skier happened when I did a one-hour long ski. Because 15 minutes in, I was kind of tired of skiing. But I had a long way to go, so I had to figure out how to redistribute my effort to make it effective for longer. And it taught me how to produce power and transfer it into the handles more effectively with different muscle groups and with larger muscle groups. So I stopped frying my triceps, and I started using more of my abs and my lats. And hopefully you guys started to understand that a little bit better because we did some drills last week um, on how to engage the beginning of the pool on a ski erg. And I know I saw some progress up in Cleveland with people uh, starting to understand how to use their abs more to begin the movement, to to kind of initiate the stroke. Um, Hopefully that happened down here at Cadre too. Hopefully you guys started to understand how to better use your core to feed the movement. Just like on the rower, we use our legs to drive the stroke. Um, I think I'd, I'd rather see people ski than bike, frankly, because... I think the ski is is much more of a skillful movement, and it's one that that people need to just get in there and put in some practice with. And you know, if you have a not so great five k right now, that's fantastic. That shows where you are, right? We don't. I don't expect anybody who just touched the machine to be fantastic at it. But if we establish a five k now, and then we revisit it in two months. And we can see that you've improved technique and you've improved your cardiovascular and respiratory endurance. And now you can maintain better positions and your stamina allows that. Then you're going to have a massive PR on that 5K ski. And I think that's what this really is the opportunity to do is to see where are you right now. Because we're going to try to take you somewhere. Agreed. Agreed. And I'd say make sure that if you guys plan on setting a world record, uh, calibrate your machine. Ooh, definitely calibrate that sucker. Yeah, because the world record right now for the 5K ski is 15 minutes and 59 seconds. That's well, what weight category is that? Cause that there's different, is there's different weight groups. 
That is. That sounds like a lightweight category. I feel like the heavyweights are like 13 minutes. No, that's stupid. age. Actually, it's not. It's not weight for Skier. It's is age. Is it the geezers? It's 19 to 29 year olds. That's not the geezers. Yeah, I. Uh, so if you guys want to beat 15 minutes, 59 seconds. I think I did a 19 minute and one second one once. I I wanted to break 19 minutes and I just kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Yeah, that's lame. Ah. Uh, it hurt though. It hurt really. It really hurt. I think the most impressive thing is the fact that somebody did a skier marathon in two hours and thirty nine minutes. That's two hours thirty nine <laughs> minutes. So what's that pace come out to? Uh, like sub one fifty. <sighs> that's. That, I mean. That's yeah. That's pretty aggressive. <laughs> However, if you do if you do want to know the fifty to fifty nine age category, their five K is seventeen thirty three. Ooh, I still can't beat that. That's not that much different. Wasn't the other one? Fifteen fifty nine. Oh wow, that's way different. Well, they're older. Yeah, I, I was thinking that it was seventeen something on the other one. Yeah, yeah so essentially guys... we've established that people are way better at skiing than all of us. That gives you guys So some we should probably work on our skiing, eh? Some time to shoot for. <laughs> hmm. I've always wanted to ski a 249 1K. That's what Phil Clapp did. Great Britain. 249? Phil Clapp from Great Britain. Congratulations, Phil. Phil Clapp needs to... Oh, Phil, congratulations on your minute and 14 second 500 as well. You did very well on that. Man. Wow. That's very fast. Okay, enough with the skier records because that's insane. Um, yeah, I, again, I think we should focus on doing what we're weakest at. So getting on that ski erg and, and challenging yourself to do something difficult and maybe you'll learn something in the process. Maybe you'll be a little bit defeated. Sometimes being defeated is a good way to find fuel to come back and, and build success for yourself. Right? We don't get better at things without kind of bumping against the wall of difficulty to, to see that we need to improve them. Yeah. Agreed. I know someone who has a tattoo that says iron sharpens, sharpens iron. His name is Matt Omashinsky. Is that how you say his last name? It is. I called him. I call him Old Minsky, but it's Omashinsky. Yeah. I thought it was Omaninsky. Uh, there's a lot of speculation out there about what his last name is. I still don't think it's his real last name, but I think it's his alias. But that's okay. We won't go down that rabbit hole. Um, anything else this week we we're gonna go over? No. I I I think some people might uh, feel put off by not having a partner work out on Saturday. But something I want to remind everyone is that not everyone wants to work with a partner on Saturdays. Um, so you can come in and get a great workout and do it alongside a bunch of your friends. You don't necessarily need to be on their team to have fun with them and to work out near them, right? Um, you've got 25 minutes to, to fight with some, some weight, your body, and yourself. So push it how you want to and get a little bit fitter and have some fun to start your weekend. I expected you to say something at that point. Nice job. Nice nice job. Fantastic. I didn't know what to say. Clear yeah, I like it. I like it. I think the week's going to be a good one. Uh, make sure that you guys are spending the time out of the gym working on um, whether it's mobility, whether it's stretching. 
just after each class, my suggestion for you guys is take the next 10 minutes and do some, maybe even, even if it's just a little bit of mobility or static stretching, just try to spend some time on a foam roller, try to spend some time working on what you're bad at. I know I've seen a lot of hamstring mobility come into play as we've been doing these deadlifts. Um, I've seen a lot of ankle mobility come into play as we've been doing these front squats. So make sure that you guys are just spending a little bit of time every day. At the end of the week, you put an hour in of mobility, and that's substantial as far as making gains. Um, so make sure that you guys are spending a little bit of time out of class doing what you need to do. Other than that, I think that's it. Yeah, sounds like it. We will see you all in the gyms.